Okay, welcome to Radicalized, where truth survives and we got your back. I'm here with Jim Stewartson, High Fidelity, Sean Connor, Twitter's most likely to succeed. Uh, we are so happy to be back with you guys in the new year. Uh, the new year for us got off to a really weird, uh, rocky, fucked up start, but here we are doing the work because that's what we do. Um, we're super excited because we have um, my spirit animal, Martin Scheel, with us uh, today. He is a, a former IRS investigator who specialized in uh, criminal investigations of global money laundering. So he should be very um, informative and amusing. And uh, since we always break our own news, I would like to kick it off with... Uh, the news of the week after uh, we dropped episode number seven with Hardeep from Byline Times, which was epic if you haven't seen it. Um, the the news was that uh, we were two men down. Jim Stewartson was banned off of Twitter again, and maybe we can uh, do a little uh, preview chat on that, Jim. <laughs> 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 yeah, we laugh. It was a lot of pain this week. Jim, you want to give us just a quick little uh, hint of what's to come later in the show? Yeah, uh, let's see. For the second time um, in just over a month, I was inauthentically mass reported. Um, this time by both people on the right and people who are supposed to be on the left um, who bragged about it and had a good time dancing on my grave for a second time, uh, which, you know, for a second time, I disappointed them. Um, and as I said today, guys, I exist. Get used to it. Just just go away. Go do your thing. I don't give a shit about you. Leave me alone. That's all. So anyway, yeah. uh, there's a there's a lot to talk about there. But um, yeah. after three days and, and, you know, a little bit of help from some friends, including, uh, uh, you know, my friends at, at Midas, who, who uh, we'll talk about in a little bit, um, you know, they're I, you never know the thing is with Twitter, you don't know why you come back or not. I was rejected like two minutes before I got unsuspended. I got the email and I was already doing like fourth, my fourth appeal. And I was like, okay, here we are. I don't know why, yeah. but thanks. Anyway, yeah. we'll talk about it more. I look forward to hearing more about it. The pain is very real uh, with with two two of the four members of this podcast down. Um, I then got a lot of um, pain on Wednesday and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I will say that um, I learned from Jim many things. And one of the things I learned is to block inauthentic accounts. And if someone seems authentic, give them a chance. And I told the one authentic person who was um, part of this crew uh that one of my character defects is being extremely loyal to imperfect people myself being an imperfect person and when uh the four of us launched this podcast we uh knew there was going to be pain involved because we knew that this was going to be a wonderful opportunity for people to learn a lot and we made a pact that we would stick together and together we are sticking so <laughs> i'm just happy to um have waded our way and navigated our way through the week and i'm very very excited about the fierce show that we have coming up today so without further ado i say we get right into a uh, word or phrase of the week okay so our word phrase of the week this week is chaos actor 
And what is a chaos actor, you may ask? A chaos actor is an individual who infiltrates or inserts themselves into a situation or organization in order to cause chaos, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much the reaction they're looking for is everybody running different directions. Yep, to see the one out. person yep. see them run yep. through and change the course of the stream. Everything goes the wrong way. Everything breaks up. That's a chaos agent for you. And uh, you know, this is this is an, an interesting uh word to have because obviously there are chaos agents on Twitter. Um and and I'd like to kind of talk about the history of, of some of this stuff, which uh really if you go back to the church commission and you go back to uh co-intel pro which was the fbi and chaos which was the cia they were actually surveilling american citizens right and they were inserting or infiltrating organizations uh such as you know african-american rights organizations back in the day uh peaceful movements socialism communist whatever uh government agents were actually uh infiltrating these groups to break them apart, cause them to do stupid things. Yeah. So divided we fall. So this is yeah. this is nothing new. It's just that the playing fields have changed. And you know, we had a nice little party yesterday, gentlemen, celebrating uh, a book that I had done. And one of the things I realized halfway through is that we've created a community on Twitter that really relies on mm -hmm. each other, and we rely on people for information. And it's a very real community and a very real family. And um, so anybody who inserts himself in in an inauthentic way to do harm and to cast shade and to do all the techniques that we have seen um, is either being paid or uh, just possibly misguided. There's many probably different reasons. Um, but, you know, get off our fucking lawn because we're going to do the work. We're going to do the work. I don't go to your lawn and, you know, defecate in front of your doorstep i i, I stay in my lane and, and the reason i do that is because we got a lot of work and so anyone who's taken the time to try to mess up other people i think we should i think anybody should take a good hard look at that and ask themselves why and what good does it do and jim has taught me uh to just block anything that's inauthentic so these chaos agents these chaos actors they're everywhere they're nefarious they do real world psychological battery and uh i'm not having it well I, I think part of the reason they came after me is because i accidentally pooped on their lawn my bad <laughs> it's just a waste of time yeah I mean, it's, yes. it's a total, total time wasting tactic yeah i mean the, the the problem is it gets it's worse than just you know being able to block them right you know it takes they they you know, and I'll tell a little bit more of my story, but they go after your friends, they go after your allies, they go after your yeah, work, they go true. after your family, they go after everything they can. And so it's not just as simple, sadly, you know, as, as you know, blocking them on Twitter, but certainly, at least on Twitter, that is the first thing to do. Um, so I, I wonder, I wonder some days if I'll ever get a LinkedIn account back. I mean, I'm, I'm the only person I know who's been banned off of yeah. LinkedIn four times. It's pretty, <laughs> hard, it's pretty hard. So he's retired his 19th jersey from Twitter and he's been banned off LinkedIn four times. And you know, all he did really initially before becoming that monster that he speaks of 
is figure out the transnational mob behind the Kyle Rittenhouse Give Send Go fundraiser. And they did not like that exposure. Probably, maybe, allegedly, because maybe there was some sort of money chicanery involved. And we can ask Marty about that. So uh, stand by. Let's let's uh, get on to why it matters, Hi-Fi. Let's talk about why it matters. Right. Play me in, Sean. You got it, buddy. One sec. Why high fidelity? All right, let's talk about why it matters. Three stories I want to point out this week. Uh, this first one wasn't really buried, but I don't think people really understand what is implied by it, and that is chaos in Kazakhstan. Uh, what's going on in Kazakhstan is the former president, who was a strongman mob leader. Uh, I could try to pronounce his name, but I just butcher it. Anyway, former president and current president are having a war over who really runs the country. And this has been uh, put into place. You know, the violence occurred. There was a bunch of uprising. The people are actually uprising because of massive income uh, inequality, uh, rising fuel prices, a completely falling standard of living. I mean... You know, there, there are places in Kazakhstan where people are living like basically medieval peasants, right? And uh, a, the former head of national security was arrested, um, and the president is now running that job himself. And the big, the big thing that I really want to point out is that the new president called in Vladimir Putin's troops... They were given shoot-on-site orders, and now 164 people are dead. At least 4,000 have been arrested. Mm -hmm. And what, this is a... what ha let's let's think about what happens when an old president still says he's a new president. He's the president, or the new president is not legitimate and takes the job from the old president. What happens in those situations? You get fucking civil war, right? That's um, right. Uh, which is, you know, again, sadly, the the goal of you know Trump and and his his puppet masters, who you know are are trying to cause that by by setting up this false conflict um, between somebody who shouldn't have been in the presidency in the first place um, and someone who absolutely kick the other guy's ass despite all the active measures um to prevent it that's right yeah, yeah, I, mean, ahead, I was just gonna say we're gonna talk more about that um when when marty's here because that's something he wants to talk about uh what is right next to store to that country i believe it's the ukraine right so. and it's it's a you know it it gives putin a pretense for moving troops into kazakhstan and from Kazakhstan, they're just a hop, skip, and a jump right over to Ukraine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is it up? Very well could be. I mean, we all know that Vladimir Putin, when he does something, he doesn't do it with one goal in mind. He always has at least two, three, four goals in mind that he's trying to obtain. He, he's, a, he's a fascist. He's a strategist. He sees the world as a risk board, and he's trying to win risk, right? He, he thinks his job 
is to take over the entire world, right? Just like all these fascists, they don't know how else to live their lives because they're malignant narcissists. So, so this guy, the reason why he's doing Kazakhstan and Ukraine, and in, in my opinion, is not only, as you said, to to um, you know take over this territory, but it's to create a straw man for us to you know be angry about instead of the actual you know warfare that's being conducted on us every single day and has been for five years. Right. You know, one of the, one of the things that that you know upsets me about you know about the ukraine situation and that you know our president is paying so much attention that's just putin wagging his dick in the meantime he's over here actually attacking us and hurting yeah. people in the tens yeah. of millions every single day yes. and yeah. so you know my my opinion and i can't wait to talk to you know martin about this is the is you know, we need to start taking these tactics and these these countermeasures that we're thinking of as deterrents, you know, like sanctions um, and start putting them into fucking place now because we don't need deterrence. We need defense. Yeah. Yeah. And we would be very remiss if we did not draw the parallels to Trump as as you did earlier, Jim, because um if this just goes back to art of war. If you allow a deposed dictator to retain any power, you're fucked. And we are seeing the manifestation of that. His Trump's failed coup, the anniversary just passed of that. You know, what's coming around uh, the corner next. So I think it's very important to be paying attention to these things. I agree. All right, high five, our, what's next? All right, uh, our next story. Holy smokes, I completely forgot. No, uh, let's see. Cyber Ninjas. Cyber Ninjas disappear. See, they completely disappeared out of my head. Cyber Ninjas <laughs> disappear. I can understand uh, why. It's right. an important story. It is an important story, and they're Cyber Ninjas, so they just, poof, they're gone. Um, cyber Ninjas disappear. So there's a judge in Arizona. As you know, Cyber Ninjas is the company uh, that ran the Arizona vote audit. Right. And what they actually found was they actually found like a thousand more votes for Joe Biden. Um, anything that they argued against was uh, audited, you know, re-audited, uh, sent to someone else. Uh, the Arizona state legislature released a report refuting every single point that Cyber Ninjas tried to bring up. Uh, the, a judge in the legal case uh, that was brought against Cyber Ninjas uh, you know, they asked for discovery. They said, you have to turn over all these emails and communications that we want to see. Cyber Ninjas refused to do that. Finally, the judge said, this is some old bullshit and <laughs> said, I'm going to charge you $50,000 a day in fines. Cyber right. Ninjas said, oop, we're out. Well, what they're trying to do is they're trying mean, to get out what of... What do you mean, oop, they're out? Like they pulled a Cambridge Analytica where they just decided to go bankrupt? Or they're they're dissolving. They're not even filing bankruptcy. They're dissolving the company. They've fired everybody. Uh, it, Cyber Ninjas doesn't exist anymore is, is what the former CEO, Doug Logan, yeah, said. They disappeared, uh, and, like, they disappeared like his, uh, his mortgage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who 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 ninja CEO Doug Logan's mortgage? And and what we mean by that, there you go, right there. On uh you know, 615, 17, he picked 2017, he picked up a four hundred twenty-five thousand dollar mortgage on 127, 2021, 
that entire mortgage was all paid off. Yeah. Right. So, so, so it'll uh, be interesting so we'll, to see we'll, what we'll link to my to my thread where I uh, expose this particular uh, fun fact about Doug Logan, where uh, half a million dollars in mortgage just goes away. Also, by the way, he is a ninja, though. Well, he's a ninja, but uh, who paid for the fraud? It uh, Patrick Byrne yeah. through America Project paid five million dollars, and America's Future, which is Mike Flynn's organization, a CNP front, paid a million dollars for that. So, speaking of Russia, <laughs> you know, speaking of Russia, like, yeah. Patrick Byrne is is the most comically obvious, you know, like like Russia compromised idiot in on planet earth he remember he was Pat, marina butina's um uh Boy boyfriend toy. for a little bit yeah she so, got around that one um i she, will, did. she had lots of boy toys i will say though you know it kind of follows a pattern that i find interesting um i encourage everybody to read the steve bannon build a wall indictment um, because these opportunities to grift off of Trump's base are kind of endless. And that was a very clear cut uh, example of pure grift and how much money um, folks like Bannon helped themselves to off of people who were true believers in the cult of, of Trump. So, you know, one it would be remiss about- to not explore these fraudits. One other thing about about the build a wall, just while while we're here, build a wall. Um, there was a, there was an El Paso event um, for build the wall um, that uh, Patrick Crucius um, um, is believed to have attended. Who is the uh, guy who killed twenty seven people in uh, Walmart um, uh, and spouted great replacement theory. Um, as the reason for it. And if you recall, great, great replacement theory is neo-Nazi ideology that Steve Bannon has believed for a long time. Um, and that now Tucker Carlson is just spreading willy-nilly on Fox television. So it's um, it's fear mongering. It it is, it is, but it's very fucking weird that, you know, like most of the white supremacists were out there, you know, in Texas around the same time all this shit happened. That's yeah, yeah there, there could very well be some sort of connection oh, there. Uh, by the way, um, Ali Alexander, according to Mike Cernovich, warned Cernovich not to go to El Paso that day. Like, oh, so it's very possible that Ali Alexander knew something was going to happen. There's, there's, there are, there are real indications, and I'm not. This is not like blue and on. It's like, the, like Cernovich said on Twitter. Ali Alexander told me that there was going to be shit going down. He didn't know where, but somewhere in El Paso. So, you know. So my it, my question it, about Cernovich is weird, man, all this stuff. Like why yeah. if also the the new shooter in you know in Colorado, Colorado. Is, is all up in the same great replacement yeah. theory, you know, hyper masculine bullshit, just like Cernovich. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he was a huge fan of Cernovich and retweeted him 127 times. 
Um, yeah. This is the guy in Colorado who was also yeah. a white supremacist mass murderer. So yes. there's a lot of white supremacist mass murderers around these people. It's it's weird, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Funny how that happens. Uh, strange, a whole bunch of strange people. Strange dink. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like Peter Thiel paid for a white supremacist mass shooter generator, you think? I don't know. Uh, we no. don't know, but it's not. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. TM. Eh, maybe. We don't know. Somebody, maybe. Somebody's patching that shit in, in at Thiel Capital. Well, <laughs> you know what? what are, uh, where's what, a white supremacist what, shooter generator? Yeah, right. We, we will be we following the money. Our dark, ladies and gentlemen. We apologize. We will yes. be following the money always, and we will be following the radicalization always, thus the name of our show. Uh, we're trying to radicalize people back toward the light and the truth and the good, because that is totally doable. Um, so next up, what's the, what's the final uh, Why It Matters? So the final story this week on Why It Matters is Poland's got Pegasus. You have to ask yourself, what the heck does that mean? Uh, what it means is that the majority ruling party in Poland, the Law and Order Party, uh, which in Poland, in Polish is unfortunately PIS, um, is the, you can't make this stuff up, folks, I swear. Um, but they admitted that they had purchased the Israeli NSO group's Pegasus phone hacking software. Now, why is this important? Well, it goes to show that NSO Group and their Pegasus software, which was used by Saudi Arabia against Jamal Khashoggi's uh, circle, his ex-wife and his fiance, uh, that has been used against numerous reporters uh, who have been, uh, you know, persecuted. A number of them have been killed. It was, uh, I forget, I believe it was used in the Malta killing of, uh, Jim, you know who I'm talking about. What's her name? J Johnny? No. The reporter. Yeah. 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 I know who yeah. you're talking about. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I can't head, think but, of her name either. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously, NSO has created a software that has caused havoc and has caused destruction and has caused oppression across the globe. And Poland is admitting to using this, right? Another thing we need to talk about with the NSO group is the fact that they actually worked with Lieutenant General retired Michael Flynn through his Q Cyber Technologies group. Yeah. Yes, this is a global plot. Yes, that this is being done globally. Just, just yeah. Q Cyber Technologies group. But I'll just say it. Yeah, <laughs> you right. You can't, I mean, just, you can't just skip over the fact that it was. Yeah. He, the guy named it Q. Uh, Mike Mike Flynn is the brain behind the vast majority of Q. I'm not not all of it. There are other players, right? Uh, but yes. No, I'm um, just saying. Like it's just funny. I mean, Mike Mike Flynn's basically Q. Just in case anyone didn't know, uh, these people are not explain. original. These people What's are that? not original with their thinking. I mean, he named it Q Cyber Technologies. Yeah. Hey, we've well, got digital soldiers. They hired a shitload of trolls. You know, I mean, he's not, I don't know. What I appreciate about your news block is it's it's unlike any other. And I appreciate the same about Jim's Hellscape. You can't turn on the news and get into the weeds on what is happening internationally and why it matters here. Uh, so I appreciate, I appreciate all the work that's put into that and the stories that you bring every week because the response that we're getting is... Uh, you know, super positive and people are grateful to be informed. 
Um, I just want people to get it. I just want them to understand what is being done globally that is affecting us here in the United States. Yeah, thank you. Uh, And I think, thank you so much for that hi-fi. And I believe that uh, our friend, Mr. Connor, may have a little legal briefing related to Facebook. Is that correct? Yeah, there's been a a filing um, which could have some significant consequences depending on if it goes through. Basically, there was a a wrongful death suit that was filed against um, an individual, and the only defendant named in the suit is is uh, Meta. So Meta was named. Let's pull this up here. They were named as the defendant, um, and they're arguing that uh, Meta uh, connected Officer Underwood Underwood's murder and his accomplice to help the build and spread the Boogaloo community online, and they played an active role in connecting these two individuals. So wow. The worst part is the murderer was an active Air Force military individual he was a sergeant in the military so that's pretty unfortunate but um this could have good uh well impactful ramifications should this lawsuit go through in creating liability for social media companies as uh as the agent that connects and radicalizes these individuals you can see this graph here this is the graph that came up in one of their reports from um facebook which shows the engagement line increases dramatically as it approaches the prohibited content line so right around this area, you know, right around the area where they meet, uh, Zuckerberg. Right yeah, exactly. So that's a pretty frightening line. Um, now, hopefully, you know, they will uh, push this through. And like I, I was talk, telling you guys the other day at AAJ, they've been talking about this for a long time. And the one legal argument that I hope that they pursue is showing that editorial content would be the fact that the recommendation link that they provide an individual would not exist had they not published it okay. so when you get when you get uh, someone when you get someone recommended to you that link does not exist that's not that's not put up there by any other individual it's put up there by the company itself yeah. which is a publication of information by the company so that's a potential uh, avenue for liability hopefully that they're going to pursue in this case because that reading could through, be a game changer potentially yeah, it could be really yeah reading wow. through this through the complaint it looks like they're approaching that that argument so we'll see We'll keep right. track of it. We'll give you guys updates as they as they come. Very, very, yeah. very important stuff. Uh, thank it you. Re- for it that. reminds me of the Twitter algorithm when um, I first got started, and you know, I had I typed the video praying right? in, found a found you know praying medic who's QAnon account, and then just hit follow a hundred fucking times, and I was in QAnon like it was all QAnon. I, I, Type the word praying in, got a QAnon guy, and then a hundred clicks after that, which I had nothing to do with whatsoever, did not promote it at all. Uh, I ended up basically at the front door of a giant cult indoctrination machine. We'll have, was, to, show that, Jim, uh, we'll have to show that video of yours. It's, it's pretty it's remarkable. Yeah, so at some point, at, at yeah. some point, we should do that. Um, oh wow! But, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, I, it's called, uh, I have a video called 15 minutes, uh, into becoming a QAnon cult member. Wow. And, and I start out with a blank, it's all screen caps. I started with a blank screen and 15 minutes later, I've got, I don't know, a hundred followers, a bunch of friends, people wow. liking me. And I'm yeah. in a, in a long thread about the right caliber of bullet to shoot Democrats with. Yeah. What what I find so incredibly disturbing, I mean, the whole thing's disturbing, but 
I did a lot of reporting on human trafficking when I was in broadcast news and they honey potted young girls who weren't quite necessarily right often target and, and, and love bomb the shit out of them and then snatch them and took them into a different surrounding and abused them uh, and put them out on the street. And it was all done quite often in a 24 hour period. And it scares me to hear what you're saying because it sounds like there's parallels. Seduced in, love bombed in, a community created, traumatized, spit out. Yeah, it can happen real fast. Um, you know, these, the especially, you know, for women, and I've talked about this a lot, and, um, you know, I won't get into it too much, but the traumatic content that are basically part of the required entrance exam into QAnon yeah. is dissociative and traumatic yeah. and can very, very quickly, like, psychologically hook and traumatize somebody into becoming obsessed with the idea that there's a whole bunch of kids out there getting, you know, the adrenochrome sucked out of them. Right. You know, it's a real Well, thing. wow. Uh, that just important stuff, um, important stuff. So right before we get into Hellscape, I did want to point people to the series that I'm doing at Byline Times, uh, reflecting back on January 6th, the first two stories dropped. Uh, the first one followed the and documented the dark money uh, that paid for uh, Trump's failed coup. And the second one shows uh, the militarization of the far right and why I recommend you read both of them. But in particularly, uh, just pay, pay attention, please. Um, the coup failed because people like Jim and his colleagues told uh, anti-fascists and those who were opposing the MAGA crowd to stay home. And people did stay home and all that was left to beat up on were the police officers and um and that was just you know the whole thing is just so grotesque but the, the point being that um we you know democracy lived to see another year and uh we have three more dropping in the next few days at least uh tomorrow's focuses on the um the anti-abortion row ops uh, who were there and all the money behind that. So, yeah, um, the more you know, you know, the the the, uh, the less strange everything seems because it all kind of leads back to a lot of the same people. So, um, so without further ado, part two, mm -hmm. let's get right into Jim's hellscape. Jim Stewartson's Hellscape. Oh, fuck. All right. Fuck. Here we go. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. All right. What are we doing this yeah, week, man? My, 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 oh, I got you. Me. This is fine. I got you. I got okay. you. So, uh, do we have that uh, that tweet? I think the better one. The, yeah, that one. This one. The uh, yeah. Ohio AG. Uh, I think. So this guy, the um, attorney general of the entire state of the actual state of Ohio, 
um, went on, um, you know, Smirkanish to talk about why he was opposed to vaccine mandates. Um, and in the process, um, was asked, well, you know, if this, you know, if there was legislation for mandates instead of the court, would you be okay with that? And he was like, no, because that still represents the administrative state strangling the people of Ohio or uh, something to those effect, to that effect. And that is a very specific phrase and it's a very important one. Uh, Steve Bannon used that phrase um, uh, starting in 2017 to represent his ideology, um, which is explicitly, you know, Duganist or Leninist or Nazbol or uh, traditionalist. There are a bunch of different versions, but it's all kind of occultish Nazism, effectively, at the end of the day. And, that's and specific, it is about... That dismantle the state, is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, one more time on that graphic. If you look on the right, there's a guy named Julius Evola. Um, all right, cool. Um, and Julius Evola um, was a, a very dangerous um, Nazi fascist propagandist who literally advised Hitler uh, and went on to develop a, a, an ideology um, uh, related to esoteric Nazism. Um, that that basically says the world, it's very much end times ideology in the sense that there needs to be an apocalypse. In this case, it's mob rule is what they is what they call it. It's Kali Yuga. It's an old Hindu tradition or idea that has been totally twisted and appropriated into this es esoteric Nazism. So anyway, that's the stuff that Bannon believes. That's the reason why he wants to dis to de deconstruct, dismantle, destroy the administrative state, whatever you want to call it, because he literally believes in this esoteric Nazi idea that mob rule has to take over in order for elites like Steve Bannon to rise and rule the world. Like, they, literally, that's what he thinks. He's, uh, it, there's another um, strain of it that he ascribes to called, um, uh, it's traditionalism, um, but it's an occult traditionalism. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's real ugly stuff. And it used to be very kind of obscure, but now is just all over the place um, in Telegram. And by the way, uh, one more time on that graphic. Um, so that the, those, those triangles there is the Valknut, uh, and um, that is a Nordic rune that has been um, appropriated by neo-Nazis. And the place you can most prominently see that is on the chest of uh, Jacob Chanley, uh, the QAnon shaman. Okay. And Jim, so, why would... <laughs> There Why was it so disturbing to you that you wanted to lead your hellscape with it? Is it the fact that it's that they're saying the quiet part out loud? I mean, the normalization. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's no. This this is more um, more pernicious than than that. They're they're not really saying. So the reason I got suspended the first time was because Joe Rogan invoked Kali Yuga. Um, on his uh, on his Facebook, 
Okay. Um, and again, Kali Yuga, yes, it is an old Hindu thing. No one uses it for that anymore. Okay. Like whenever you hear that shit, it's esoteric Nazi shit. That's okay. what it's about. And Joe Rogan was too fucking stupid or he's actually on purpose trying to push Bannon's ideology because that's okay. what it leads to. Literally, Kali Yuga leads to Bannon's ideology, which is Dugan and Evla and all these fucking crazy people. I just so, yeah, you see the Vulcanet there on his, see the uh, on his chest? Yes. Uh, if you look at the picture, there you go. Um, can, yeah. can I so, just say something about this guy real fast? This Jacob sure. Chansley. So, all right, look, this guy right here, Jacob Chansley, he just did a uh, podcast interview a couple weeks back, right? And one of the big things he said that stuck out to me during this interview is he said, WTF, mate. Well, if you know anything about internet history, you know that WTF, mate, comes from one of the first viral videos that ever appeared on the internet about 20 years ago, I think it was 2000, 2001, it's called the end of the world, right? And all that tells me is Jacob Chansley is not this, I think the image that he projects of this shamanistic, vegan eating, blah, 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 whatever the hell hippie crap he spews. No, he's a fucking Anon, that's all. Well, he, he's an edgelord, dude. He's an edgelord yeah. Anon he's who took the game too far. He's been an Anon. He's been on the chance forever. Like, yeah. would, would yeah. this be what we call a LARP? Would that be LARP? Is he playing a role and not really what he appears to be mm, like? You see him with a suit know. with I, mean, I, think he, I think he's a true believer. Uh, okay, here, I here's what I got to say about this. Mine fucked, like for real. It, it could very well be. It could very well be. But here's where the truth is going to be outed, right? If you look at his bank account, think about all the QAnon events that this guy went to, right? And, and that's a lot of travel. And that's a lot of hotels oh, no crashing somewhere. And that's a lot of food. And that's a lot of plane tickets and blah, 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 blah. That shit costs money. Where did he get all his money to do all this? Why didn't prosecutors look at that? I mean, well, if you want evidence they, of a conspiracy, follow the freaking money. Well, maybe they and did. What right? was he doing I mean, hanging out with Rudy Giuliani? Let's, let's move on from the shaman because I don't want to give this yeah. fucking guy too much time, honestly. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm but, just pointing but out But three and a half years uh, is, is not nothing in terms of yeah. a, a prison sentence, which is what yeah. he got. And yeah. you're right. He knows a lot of people. And look... I've been getting a lot of shit for saying, look, there's no fucking investigations going on right now. There aren't, you know, they like Merrick Garland can get up there and tell me all about norms if he wants. Um, but there are no serious investigations going on right now. At least I hope that the people that they are, have put in jail, that they have take, put through the system, have coughed up everybody that they, they, that they know. So, yeah. you know, and, and Chansley knows a fuck ton more than, you know, the little innocent act and he's putting out. There. Well, okay. I mean, the, the image of him with Bernard Carrick and really Giuliani, where he's wearing like the gangster suit with the red tie. Right. He dressed up. They're grinning like hyenas. He knows what he's doing. Well, so, OK, more more shall be revealed on that. I'm with Jim, though. I don't want to see his face again for some time. Um, certainly not with the horns. Um, so, so talking about trolling, LARPing, and all that good stuff, I think we have a little video clip from South Park that we're going to run, right? <laughs> Here we go. 
I've studied your work. You're one of the best trolls I've ever seen. First axiom is a well-known equation in online trolling. It's a way in which one person can create a massive reaction on the internet. Look, person A trolls person B, but it's not about person B. The troll is trying to push buttons to try and get a reaction from hundreds, eventually creating person C, whose overreaction and self-righteousness will elicit a reaction from persons D through F, who weren't trolls but can't help rip on person C. You're just setting them against each other. It's like the fission reaction that sets off the fusion explosion. The internet does it all. I am so triggered right now. That was incredible. Yeah. Wow. So, so that that video is from 2016, um, which is really fucking early. Uh, I mean, look, there was a there was trolling and uh, everywhere on the internet for many, many, many years before that. <laughs> but you know, it really is a the like perfect. Um, you know, uh, it's almost like you know those guys knew somebody who knew what exactly what the playbook is. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I don't think the name Trevor's axiom is a, uh, is an accident. I will not. Trevor Fitzgibbon. Uh, <laughs> because he's exactly. very litigious. Yeah. Um, but, what? Uh, I, there's I, a reason, um, why, why South Park did that in 2016. <clears throat> and, Pardon me. And it, it's something that all of us have been experiencing um, in real time uh, for a long time. Um, but it's been especially intense um, recently. Um, you know, I, I, for me, there it's been 18 months of this shit. Um, yeah. I have literally seen it all. Uh, yeah. There's one person in particular um, I'm not, I will not say this person's name. I'm not going to say any of their fucking yeah. names because it's not worth it. Yeah. But here's a person who, who reported me for being abusive and harassing because I, I commented wryly on an insurrectionist. Like yeah. this person reported me for that, supposedly a leftist. Yeah. And supposedly over the last three days since I came back, from getting suspended has posted hundreds like many yeah. hundreds not like yeah. not, not like dozens like hundreds and hundreds of yeah. batshit abusive insane defamatory lying messages yeah um and it's it's and it's quite remarkable so you know the good yeah. news is look it's all happening in public so you know yeah. i actually have every single one of these tweets archived i have yeah. network maps of the entire thing like it's yeah. it's as plain as day what it is um, yeah but it's it's really just just astonishing that that this kind of behavior is is just allowed to go on while people like me who who do not abuse anyone ever so don't fucking lie about me i don't um you know if 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 they're gonna like permanently suspend me for something i didn't do and allow this go to go on it, it's a real problem not just for me but for anybody else bag of dicks excuse me <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> moving right along
Yeah, word. I knew. Oh, that's that's not even abuse. I knew 2022 was going to be vicious and I knew it was going to be ugly. I just didn't know that it was going to start on the very first, you know, business day open for business, you know, and and that's exactly what happened. It didn't disappoint. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, all of these, um, you know, uh, people with spiritual maladies to being mm -hmm. revealed for who and what they are and whether that, you know, happens organically through, you know, court discovery or not we'll see but um but you know, you know. There's, there's people that break things down and seek to destroy things you know spend three hours a day trying to tear things down and there's people that create things you know yeah so i think we're, we're trying to create things and so one of the things we've created right is, is jim's association with midas touch and and the creation of this new series jim yeah Christian. yeah we, we take action we don't just go shit on people's lawns all day we're actually doing things we're building shows you know jim's doing a series you know I do investigative reporting, you know, all fucking night long. And it's like we produce and there's a big difference between uh, those who sit around and point fingers and, you know, do psychological battery and those who actually produce. And I'm glad we're in the pro producer's uh, seats. Yeah, and that's I mean, why look, we have this rad show. Yeah, there's, there are people whose, whose job it is to create things and there are people whose job it is to destroy things. Yeah, um, that's true you too. Know, so if... if there are people out there who seem to be super focused on tearing somebody else down. There's a reason for that, right? You know, like me. I, You're a job I, creator, I Jim. I Michael Flynn all day, every day. And I have a reason for that. I am extremely open about what that reason is. The reason is that he is a fucking traitor and he needs to go to prison. Now, the people who are coming after me, they do not for example, tell you why. They just make shit up and hope that it's going to, you know, smear me and bring me down. And uh, to, to, so, to that um, point, though, when somebody calls you something that you are not, such as a felon or such as a pedo, I'm just going to say it because that's what's been said, and that is not true, and there's no factual basis. They are opening themselves up for litigation. I just want to make that clear too. So go ahead and call people a felon without indicating why at your own risk. And with that, I would love to get on to American Mindfuck before we get on to our interview with Martin. Yay! Cool. So um, let me just set it up a little bit. Because um, I haven't really talked about this uh, piece at all. Um, so this... Uh, it was actually this interview with me was recorded in February of 2021, so almost a year ago. Wow. Um, and um, I was uh, I, I'm working on a on a you know a, a TV series with the idea of trying to get this information out there, real information told in a way that is both empathetic and un um, you know forgiving for the the bad actors here i thought that it was important to get something out like that and so we we created a pilot and so the 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 pilot is uh is what uh we're going to be releasing soon uh with midas um That's and so i'm cool. extremely proud of it um this uh teaser that they that they were kind enough to to release um 
uh, an hour before I got unsuspended, which may or not may not be a coincidence. Um, uh, uh, this is the first three minutes, um, you know, just before the the credits uh, of the show. Right on. There's a Voltaire quote. If they can make you believe absurdities, they can make you commit atrocities. In a nutshell, that's what this is. There was a new phenomenon this week, something called QAnon. What exactly is QAnon and why is it making headlines now? Here we go, one, we go, God bless America. QAnon was a perfect storm. They had set this thing up since 2017. They had created this huge radicalized set of people. Then the pandemic comes. Americans in retreat tonight, seeking isolation in the face of the coronavirus. The federal government is taking new steps forward to fight the pandemic. As President Trump, flanked by major CEOs and his task force, announced a national emergency. And suddenly you've got 100 million more people online well as of today all but a handful of states have issued stay-at-home orders with a shitload of time on their hands this comes as alabama and missouri just joined 40 other states that are urging people to stay home that covers nearly 95 caution the there is concern fear will turn to panic store shelves nationwide are dwindling or totally empty when i started this and i saw what i saw i told people i was like you guys you don't understand Will you fucking listen to me, please? Comes along with panic. There are mounting questions now over an alleged plot to overthrow Michigan state government and kidnap the governor. Told exactly what was going to happen. Look at how they're driving. Thank you and God bless you. But it was difficult to be that crazy guy. And I have been trashed and harassed and trolled and fucking lied about because no one wants to hear this. Well done, my friend. Yeah. You muted. <laughs> and he just disappeared. Well done. Sorry, well I'm just getting used to this. Are you having a bashful moment? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I'm real proud of it. I'm excited to, you know, for the for the rest of it to come out. Um, and uh, I'm I'm very, very proud uh, to, to be partners with Midas Touch, who also um, uh, just announced a, a podcast with a, a friend of mine, Stephen Hassan. Right on. Uh, cult expert on Twitter who um, knows more about 
how to help people who are victims yeah. of undue influence, uh, undue influence yeah. uh, than anyone else on the planet. So um, proud to be, you know, uh, partners with them and, and can't wait to show you more. It's a great ecosystem and right. I love Dr. Hassan. So I'm so proud of uh, everyone, proud of you, Jim. Um, and I'm super proud of the guests that we have coming up, um, Martin Scheel. Uh, when I used to call him Mr. Scheel, he would say, I'm not going to talk to you unless you call me Marty. So I've been calling him Marty. Um, I'm going to do an intro. Do we have him? Is, is uh, Marty with us? I think so. I'm getting excited. Oh, my gosh. There he is in living color. I'm just going to do a quick intro before you introduce yourself. Um, so during one of my 2 a.m. investigations into Robert Mercer, I stumbled upon one of Marty's blogs on Deutsche Bank, Mercer and Trump. And for me, it was like mana from heaven. I called him up. I found a wealth of information. And he and I have probably done about a dozen stories and various threads. Um, and Marty, as I've mentioned earlier, worked for something like three decades within the uh, IRS, uh, most notably criminal division, uh, as well as um, in a supervisor, a supervisory capacity. And um, he knows more than anybody about the uh, global uh, laundromat. And without further ado, Marty, would you mind uh, giving our viewers just a little synopsis of your um, bio? Uh oh, you there, Marty? see here it's frozen up this is this is the wonderful thing about us not being live <laughs> there he is there you go Marty. now i feel a little more restrained than uh when we communicate via email uh, but first uh, jim that was great you know i just wanted to make sure i i, I uh, acknowledge that you know um uh, Heidi, you got part of my bio right. Uh, I did spend over 30 years with the uh, criminal investigation of the IRS uh, in various supervisory capacities, SAC, ASAC, uh, Director of Forensics, Director of Forfeiture, a uh, bunch of other stuff. When I left IRS, uh, Deloitte uh, picked me up as a contractor under a contract with Department of Justice, uh, OCDEF. OSIDF stands for Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. They embedded me in the heart of DEA in Chicago uh, with a one-line mission statement, which was uh, follow all cartel money, seize it and forfeit it if possible. And when they say follow it, they meant follow it around the globe because that's where it went. So I literally every day a new chapter in a uh, and I learned more about the databases that all the agencies have, including Treasury, than I knew when I was uh, in the IRS and supervising IRS agents. Uh, I had no idea all the different databases that FinCEN has, for instance, and Department of Treasury, and what they can lead to. And um, so we were able to make some really uh, dynamic cases in the Great Lakes area of, uh, of this country. Uh, I never had a dull moment. And, uh, you know, after six, seven years of following money and seizing the money, uh, 
uh, my contract came to an end and I said, I, I think I'm done. And, uh, you know, uh, I started um, following Trumpgate and, you know, uh, following all these uh, talking heads coming on, talking about, uh, you know, various obstruction of justice investigations and everything else. And I kept saying, you know, follow the money. Where did the money come from to do this or that and everything else? And, and you know, and I, I would start writing little emails to uh, writers uh, and, and you know, talking heads saying, why don't you ask this question or that question? Of course, like maybe one out of 10 folks responded. But when they did, um, they were very gracious and sometimes they followed up. But after a while, I said, well, how hard can this be to actually write articles, you know, like these folks do and, and to make commentary. Um, I mean, I used to have to write reports all the time. So I said, I think I'll take a shot at uh, writing some articles. And now uh, I've had like about 85 of them published. And, um, you know, I think I found my little niche. I've actually started to uh, write a book. And, um, you know, because I'm told that you're not a real writer until you write a book. So, uh, and I'm finding that writing a book, there is a lot to it. <laughs> it is kind oh, of Oh, I'm so excited to hear that you're writing a book. That is such great it's news. Amazing. Yeah. Well, what Thank I'd you. like to start with, since there's, there's such a wealth of information, but we may as well just start somewhere. You just did an op-ed for The Hill on your recommendations on dealing with Putin. Can you give us a synopsis on that? Sure. Um, now, Going into this Ukraine crisis, um, you know, there's various uh, concerns about just will Russia actually invade Ukraine? Uh, what will deter them uh, if they do? Um, and there's been all sorts of uh, uh, statements that Russia must uh, be confronted with serious consequences. Um, uh, severe consequences, um, and the UK uh, Prime Minister said yesterday, massive consequences. So, um, what exactly are the, the they're talking economic? No one is talking about actual, um, um, you know, going to war, and um, this is important. Now, what? How do you differentiate? What you know? Many uh, Russian banks and Russian people, uh, oligarchs, in fact, have been sanctioned in the past. So what would be different this time? What would be serious or severe or massive? And so at the time I started writing, the Pandora Papers had just released uh, their last tranche of uh, investigative files, uh, which were done by the ICIJ, the uh, International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. And they had um, uh, determined that, you know, they had looked at something like uh, 27,000 uh, shell companies uh, that had been formed. And they came to the conclusion that a disproportionate number of those shell companies uh, were owned by Russians, and not just by any Russians, but by the 46 largest oligarchs. So, and to the tune of, you know, just under 4,000 of the shell, of the 27,000 shell companies were owned by these Russian uh, and controlled by Russian oligarchs. So 
not knowing what exactly um, anyone means or uh, defines serious economic consequences or, or severe or massive, I wrote an article saying, well, how would targeted, uh, truly targeted sanctions against uh, Putin's people work? Would these be considered serious? And I suggested that let's take the Pandora Papers, uh, the detail of which you know, demonstrated all the shell companies, all the bank accounts uh, all around the globe. Um, and they st actually, it's pretty interesting. If you get a chance, read the Pandora Papers, because like the first article, the first issue talks about um, how um, Putin's baby mama was uh, subsidized in a, uh, a luxury condo in Monaco uh, that was apparently purchased by a shell company. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is uh, Putin's girlfriend, mistress, baby mama, whatever. And my thinking was, that's the kind of stuff that needs to go out, that needs to be disseminated to the Russian people, to all the people, um, you know, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, wherever, all the hardworking people who, um, you know, don't exploit their industries, don't you know, skim off the top and, and siphon monies and put it offshore. Let the regular Russian people know about all these shell companies, about these luxury uh, condos in Monaco, about these yachts, about these soccer teams, so where all the money that goes that gets siphoned out of the Russian economy. So I said, let's provide FinCEN um, with all the details of the shell companies and the bank accounts, and let them uh, work with uh, the identified banks around the world and you know, sanction or freeze all these shell company accounts. And, but at the same time, disseminate all this information, the detail of the information to the Russian people and let them know just where the money's going. Because we all know that the Russian people um, really are very concerned about income inequality. This guy Navalny, who was the Russian political leader, the last opposition leader that Putin has faced in some time, had really touched the nerve by videoing, videotaping uh, various Putin palaces that, you know, really, um, you know, their regular Russian worker or, or pensioner barely gets by. And now yeah. they're seeing these Putin palaces and, and you know, that, that created a firestorm of resentment. It did. It really, it revealed the gluttony of what Navalny called uh, someone who was mentally ill. Um, you yeah, had said something very... Navalny got so targeted, right? I mean, Navalny got Novichoked, you know? Yeah. And then he got, he got, he got Novichoked through his drawers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so, worse than that, huh? <laughs> Yeah, you really got to make someone mad to... Uh, yeah. Big mad. Go ahead, Jim. Um, I just wanted to ask, because I, I, like, this is what needs to happen. There are two things you said that are, that are really important, in my opinion there. One is informing the Russian people um, what is the truth about their, their leaders and the people who are actually pulling the string, strings and, and repressing them, right? Uh, you know, think about dictatorships like this is they don't even know they're being repressed. 
so for me there's a there's a um uh, an element to this which concerns me in terms of deterrence right deterrence for ukraine i have the feeling that ukraine is actually just kind of a shiny object that putin is putting out there uh in in order to cover up for the fact that he's engaging in you know psychological and propaganda warfare on the United States and has been for for many years now. Um, it's, per, it's the reason why our country is you know is turning into this nightmare is because of all the propaganda. And so my my feeling is we need to start not thinking of this as deterrence against kinetic warfare, but as defense against you know active measures which are um, you know seriously. Uh, undermining the national security of the country. So I was just curious um, your your thought just generally on that. And if, you know, I would love to see a plan where we say, hey, Joe Biden, here are the things that you need to start doing right now. He, when he doesn't do anything, let's do this. And when he doesn't do that, then let's really hit it. Right. Anyway, sorry which, for the Which brings me to part two. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> It, it was a good segue. If you're still going, I'll, I'll let you go. But it's a nice segue. So I, I wanted to point out, I, I agree with your analysis there. And I think uh, Putin is wagging the dog here. The last time, um, you know, his poll numbers were uh, this low was 2014. And so what did he do? He uh, invades Crimea. His poll numbers shot up. So what Putin is doing is recognizing that there's a deep streak of nationalism in the average Russian, that they really miss the loss of the Russian empire. So what Putin's doing is stealing a page out of the Trump MAGA book and saying, hey, let's make Russia great again. And when he does something along those lines, people forget about the COVID and the long lines and the fact that they got no money and they can't buy anything. And, it's yeah, let's make Russia great again, you know? And, and so I think there's much to that. And, and so when you talk about specific plans or steps, I have like a two-step plan. You heard the first part, which was that article, when we were talking about, you know, truly targeted sanction. But kind you, of address. You froze for a second, Marty. You know what, because the connections are a little bit weak, if you can try to stay okay. still, that helps keep things okay. from freezing. So Staying part still. two, part two. Okay. Is what I suggest is the uh, Department of Treasury has authority to enforce a section of the U.S. Patriot Act, section 311, some of that, which um, they've only used one time. And that was um, when they basically delicensed um, a bank in Cyprus called FBME, uh, Federal Bank of the Least, for serious money loan. Now, all the banks in Cyprus, is their business plan. That's it. And something like 70% of all bank accounts in Cyprus, Cyprus bank accounts are and also, most of those are on the roads. So what I'm suggesting is that 
U.S. Treasury dust off that Patriot Act uh, section, which allows them basically to pull the license of the two main banks in uh, Cyprus, which is Bank of Cyprus, BOC, and the other one is the Russian Commercial Bank, RCB, which is a licensed subsidiary of which is the largest bank in Russia. Now, when I first started looking at this section of the Patriot Act, I was thinking of just focusing on these two main financial institutions, both of which there's tremendous amount of evidence of money laundering by Russians, by Russian oligarchs, not just Russian, Russian officials. But then when I, I looked at the, at the section of the Patriot Act, it also allows uh, for um, Pulling the licenses of all banks in a jurisdiction known for money laundering concerns. So what I'm suggesting is pull the licenses of all the Russian banks that all cater to Russian oligarchs. So now you're really targeting Russian oligarchs, not Russian people, not hardworking people, but Russian oligarchs right where it hurts, their bank accounts. So they won't be able to move money to the Virgin Islands or to the Caribbean or Belize or Singapore or anywhere else. And they're going to be really hamstrung. So now you have a two-pronged attack. Now you're getting the, and you disseminate this information once again to the Russian people, to the Naval, Navalny people. Maybe you can get a groundswell of support that really resent this, sort of like the Orange Revolution in Kiev in 2004. Or, and maybe more importantly, the Russian elite, these Russian oligarchs, are not going to take kindly to not being able to move their money around and uh, having their shell accounts put under a financial microscope. And maybe they will do what they did when they brought Putin in. They replaced uh, Yeltsin with Putin. Roman Abramovich was the one that went to uh, Yeltsin and said, you're done. Your, your time is up. You need to uh, select a successor. We suggest Putin. So oligarchs made Putin. The oligarchs can take Putin out and replace him. And that's what I'm suggesting here. Maybe the folks, uh, the Russian folks, don't want to uh, pull another uh, you know, orange revolution. Um, but maybe the oligarchs do. You know? And so that's that's the thrust of of my suggestion we'll go after using economic sanctions designated targeted on the oligarchs but pull their banks de-license the banks don't allow them to uh work with any western banks anywhere in the world what are they going to do so ah. i i i gotta say i i love, I love the it. idea of putin getting murked by his own oligarchs that's awesome <laughs> Well, I, I love mean, that. Everything about this is brilliant and awesome, and I just want it to happen immediately. Why aren't we doing this? <laughs> I, why, I, like I seriously, why in the world wouldn't we do it? I mean, they're like they're pumping poison into our country all day long, every single day. Um, it's hard to imagine that we don't have the justification to to you know pull their money. <laughs> you know, or yeah, at least well, make it not tradable in it. our democracy. But a major question in my mind is where do the American people stand on the question of Ukraine? You know, will folks in the Midwest and Oklahoma and Kansas and Iowa really give a shit 
if if Putin invades Ukraine again. I mean, you know, remember Mike Pompeo? Remember him telling, uh, challenging, I think that was the NPR reporter saying, nobody cares about Ukraine. Nobody can find it on the map. You, I bet you can't find it on the map. And of course, the, the lady reporter from NPR pointed it right out on the globe, you know, said, yeah, I can do it. There it is. But that still represented Pompeo's attitude and maybe the attitude of a lot of people in this country that you, who cares? Just like, where's Kazakhstan? I mean, who cares? But yeah. I, I still remember the, remember Ambassador Bill Taylor, William Taylor, he's the, the longest serving ambassador to uh, Ukraine. And he um, did some tremendous testimony before the impeachment committee in Congress. And he had an opening statement that, that really just, you know, made me shiver. He said that Ukraine is the key. If Ukraine, if Ukraine is allowed to be dominated by Russia, then Europe will be dominated by Russia. You know, yeah. it, and the Russian Empire will reemerge. Yeah. So, it, but if Ukraine is allowed to stay free and democratic, so will all of Europe. So, well, Europe Ukraine is really a gateway. What was that? Yeah. I'm sorry, Ukraine is really a gateway for Russia to move, you know, oil, drugs, sex trafficking, whatever they need. They move it through Ukraine. I mean, they do it kind of through Albania and Moldova. I mean, yes, I actually know my geography. Um, right. Well, when there was a big Russian organized crime conference, it was actually held in Tel Aviv several years ago. The big topic of conversation uh, was who gets Ukraine? And it was decided at that conference that Semyon Mogilevich got Ukraine. And, well, of course, because he's the boss, right? It's... Well, he's the brainy guy. Well, actually, the guy who convened the um, conference was a Russian-Canadian uh, Israeli by the name of uh, Boris Berstein. Uh, Berstein was, um, was a major money launderer, but he was actual KGB. And he was in charge of Director K, which directed the financial operations of KGB. And he set up uh, a front company called Sabico. And Sabico was used to bring back all the communist gold that was dispersed throughout um, what had been the old Soviet Union. On, uh, on the fall of the Berlin Wall and the fall of the Soviet Union, they had to get all the gold back and they sent it down to uh, Swiss banks for uh, safekeeping. That was part one. Part two, and what still goes on, is that Sabico subsidized all foreign operations of KGB, major league, number one being disrupt elections in various Eastern European countries and any other country. So I just wanted to make one last point with that Sabico, because I kind of, I'm sure you're wondering, well, where are you going with that? Well, there was a couple of major operatives that operated under Burstein. One of them is a guy by the name Alexander Mashkovich. Mashkovich is a, a Kazakh uh, who is also a Jewish guy who travels under an Israeli passport. But he's known as part of the trio or, or the Kazakh Troika, uh, along with a couple other guys. But they were major money launderers. Mashkovich uh, loaned for the Russian uh, in Belgium under Sabico and got investigated for money laundering. He also, later on down the road, became 
a major investor in Trump Soho with the rest of the Kazakh trio. So, you know, and a few years later, in 2017, January 2017, Mascovich appeared at uh, the candlelight dinner, the inaugural, in the White House for Mr. Trump. Well, There's a this, $1 million buy-in for that candlelight dinner. Okay? Yes, this brings and, us and, to and a so, beautiful you point. Know, apparently that $1 million buy-in, you know, meant that Secret Service didn't vet this guy, this, you know, guy who had worked for KGB for money laundering in Belgium and, and you know. Quick bullets on Giuliani. Else. You worked with him, what he was like then, and what you think his, uh, you know, uh, how you feel his exposure is now. Oh, he's a hurting buckaroo now. Uh, <laughs> he, he was a brilliant guy back when I know him. I mean, he, his mind was razor sharp, terrific memory. More than anything, he, he, you could tell him um, several paragraphs worth of detailed financial evidence. And, you know, he would remember it all. And he would spew it back 10 minutes later at the press conference, word for word. And I, I sat there more than once, just like amazed that anybody could do that. Uh, that, that Rudy isn't around with us anymore. That Rudy is long gone. Um, I think too much, uh, too many cigars, too much cognac, um, too much living in the fast lane, maybe. I don't know. It's just, uh, he, he, he's got some serious uh, issues. I don't see how he's going to beat the Farah indictment and I suspect there's a good chance he'll be superseding indictments uh, in terms of very similar to, they started off with Manafort with Farah indictments, then they got to money laundering and tax evasion and et cetera. I think Rudy, I think the government will be threatening Rudy with all that. I think Rudy in the long run um, will end up pleading out, making his best deal, cutting his best bargain, and, um, and he'll fall on a sword just like Michael Cohen did and uh, he'll testify against whoever he has to testify and because that's what they all do. Yeah. The biggest thing for Rudy, as for a lot of these folks, are legal fees. The expense of going to court triples when trial preparation and in trial. And they want their money, those lawyers, defense attorneys, want their money up front, big retainer. They want seven figures. And, and if you don't pay up, they'll, they'll walk away. They don't give a shit. You know? The thing that in law enforcement that everyone refers to is defense attorneys' main move is bleed them, then plead them. So I think, you know, remember, Rudy can't defend himself. He's been thrown out of court because yeah. he lied in court. He made false statements in court, so he lost his license. Yeah. So he can't, he can't defend himself. He, he's, he's basically defenseless. So in the, in the long run, he will cut a deal, and that will be real interesting. Uh, what that deal is. And he's going to have to sell a lot of cameos to pay a six figure, <laughs> seven figure lawyer. I mean, that's just. And let's remember what he, you know, what he lost his license over. He was a uh, Mr. Stop the Steal crying about election fraud, and New York yeah. wasn't having it, and DC wasn't having it. So, you know, suspending his law license is a very, very big deal. And yeah. uh, let's move right on to Tom Barrick. Yeah. I, I, personally find out of all the um, Trump acolytes, I find Tom Barrack to be maybe the most interesting. Let's just, just note that from the time Barrack started um, representing Trump as a, you know, 
main campaign manager or, or financier or, or um, what do you call it, bundler, whatever you want to call him, his company, First Colony, brought in like something close to $40 billion. The bulk of that $40 billion came from Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates. So what were the Saudis and the Emiratis looking to get for their money? You know, I, I sure would like the answer to that, you know. And, Nukes. And the other question that I have, a major question, is when Barrick was in charge of collecting um, contributions for the inaugural events, the inaugural committee events, the including the candlelight dinner and all that stuff. And there are no restrictions like uh, there are for campaign elections, you know, individuals are limited, PACs are limited, you know, like, of course, Stark Randy gets around and all that, but we all know. But for the inaugural committee, you know, the sky's the limit. And of course, there's a $1 million buy-in to go to the candlelight dinner, which many of the major contributors did. They collected something like $141 million. Okay, that's what was reported anyway. Did they in fact spend $141 million? Because I don't think so. I mean, you know, you see some of those schlep bands that they had, uh, you know. Uh, they had on, three doors on, down. down. You know, the main three doors down was right there. there. I mean, there. Was there big so where did that money go? Who did it end up with? And whose pockets did it? And I would love to hear Mr. Barrick, you know, plea bargain himself and, and, and start explaining that. And, and well, how much I mean, that whole thing was fucked up pardon me <laughs> like yes so, like, so just to like, buttress yeah, that the one. first lady giving 27 million dollars to her uh to her friend to yeah. to like put oh, yeah. out like like fruit cups i'm like yeah. dude no, I don't think so, so. exactly I, to me this is a great moment because as a lifelong investigative reporter nobody wanted to play that inauguration because of the stink right and then toby keith saves the day so yeah. all I do is type in Toby, Keith, and fraud, and there comes the terrible business dealings with licensing his name and lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. And it's like, thus began the journey of the next five years, because pretty much anybody affiliated with Trump, you yeah. type in the word fraud, you type in, you know, whatever it is, there's yeah. going to be a history of litigation. And yes, they did not have to pay, you know, uh, a, a premium to these people because so many of them were desperate he's to literally a, a really shitty bot mob boss like that like like he's not even a good mob boss <laughs> exactly he's like a very bad like mid he has no Russian style no boss. taste and, and it's fucking amazing well, no, that he they has managed to stick no. that that creature in the white house his taste is along the lines of like an oligarch it's a it's a type of taste you know a lot of the gold mm. so i don't want to i don't want to waste a second because i know our our time is ticking here but but we, we are going to have some laughs and we do this uh jim has a, a specific uh name that he'd like you to give us a bullet point on bernie carrick ah uh, bernie uh <laughs> Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. 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 <laughs> oh man, uh, Bernie and Rudy were like two yeah. peas in a pod, man. I yeah. tell you, you know they they were New York law enforcement at its finest. They, they both had they both had what back then you know all the tough guys, law enforcement included, always talked uh, in the Italian vernacular. So if one answer, um, pardon me up front, but they would talk 
watching the Gumad. So, you know, you got to go see this Gumad, that Gumad, you know. And, you know, uh, you know, I got to see this one. I got to keep happy. Around, they had girlfriends left and right, and um, they uh, Bernie. They were living like gangsters. Yeah, and and Bernie is like ex police commissioner. I mean, he if anyone knows better, he did, and and he was just arrogant, and and so anything that happens to him, he deserves it because uh, he disgraced law enforcement the way uh, he acted. So uh, I don't I don't have a problem with what happens to Bernie Carrick. Okay, yeah. beautiful. It, it, and nor, I, nor does Jim. I have a, I have a, I have a personal bone to pick with him because one of his lieutenants is this, this ex uh, DIA Green Beret idiot named uh, Tony Schaefer, who is actually uh, the reason I got suspended the second time. Oh, okay. Uh, because he he called me a felon and a pedophile. <laughs> Either, which are true. Can I talk about his tax liens for you know saying you're an idiot or something? You know, so no, we don't we don't Um, dox people as Jim has taught us. Um, That's not. Oh no, no, this isn't doxing. It's it's, Uh, it's never, nevertheless, nevertheless. I I feel like what's doxing? Oh, well, uh, Tony Tony Schaefer and his uh, his uh, inability to pay his taxes. Shall we? Oh, you know, look, that that happens to people. That's not that, you know, that that is not for me the 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 big story. The big story is the fact that he's in the mob and also uh, (laughs) uh, was okay. fair enough. Yeah, was a huge participant in the planning of the insurrection. That's the important part. Like him, like there they were working with Flynn. They were working with all of those guys to steal the election to overthrow the democracy <laughs> okay okay since, since all right now it's now it's josh's turn because here's right, what i want to I'm say shutting. throwing an insurrection is freaking expensive right <laughs> you got to have soldiers you got to have body armor you got to have blah 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 so what i've noticed you know uh, uh, i met up with jim after i i I don't care about Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't, uh, you know, my opinions are my opinions, but you don't get to fundraise off of murder. And that's what he did. And what it turns out is this website, Give, Send, Go, was the one of the go to online fundraising uh, portals for a bunch of these right wing people who went to the insurrection. And we're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, right? So, my, my theory, and, and I got this whole network, we can talk about that some, but my theory is that what they were doing was they were taking prepaid credit cards, like a prepaid visa, a prepaid MasterCard, whatever, right? And they were using other people's names that they'd gotten from like polling data, right? If you have, if I've got your name and I know what party you vote, I can make I can make donations in your name through WinRed or ActBlue using a prepaid credit card, right? Yes. And that's what I think they were doing. What does the IRS have or what does FinCEN have where they could track this? Is this money laundering? Yes or no? You know, it's a prepaid card thing. Okay. Uh, the short answer is it's a type of money laundering. Uh, it's called structuring. 
uh, I was telling Heidi earlier that I wrote an article uh, for the Daily Beast uh, a year or two ago where um, David Farenthold from Washington Post, uh, somehow a source gave him a spreadsheet uh, which reflected all these uh, credit card payments uh, from campaign donors for what was known as a donor retreat at Mar-a-Lago. And um, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, but it's broken down into individual credit card payments of like say $380 a pop. Um, and it was for uh, catering or for uh, conference rooms or whatever, you know, they, however they expensed it, it was, it was obviously, as Bernie Barrick would say, fugazi, you know, you know, bullshit. <laughs> but, you know, it was just under, and it was, you know, several hundred thousand dollars over the course of just a few days. But each day, um, you know, it was structured so, so that the amounts were under $10,000. Now, when a hotel runs a business and takes in over $10,000 at a time, say like $20,000 for a, a big conference or a catering thing or something like that, they get it in cash or by credit card, going back to your point, then a form 8300 is supposed to be filed. Now, what the fuck is an 8300? Well, you've probably heard of a CTR that a bank must file if you engage in a financial transaction in the bank, cash transaction over $10,000. If you deposit over 10,000 or you withdraw over 10,000, then the bank is required to file a, a, what's known as a currency transaction report, a CTR. With that's a FinCEN thing. Yeah, that's FinCEN. Yeah. But there's, um, for uh, an ordinary business, like uh, a jewelry store or a hotel, you know, or think of just about any other kind of business that receives cash or credit card payments uh, in over $10,000, they are supposed to file out a form 8300, which is the equivalent to a bank's CTR. Now, when I got Farenthold's spreadsheet and I saw, you know, several hundred thousand dollars, you know, being taken in via credit card over the course of a couple of days, I knew that no 8300 had been filed. It struck me as being what's known as structuring. You know, I, I use the, uh, the quotes there, you know, because um, structuring is more of an internal law enforcement uh, reference. Um, it's usually the first part of a series of financial transactions which are part of money laundering. You know, just to get into the weeds for a second, how do you define money laundering? Money laundering is any financial transaction derived from a specified unlawful activity that's uh, used to conceal, disguise, etc., the specified unlawful activity, or to promote the specified unlawful activity. So if you have a donor retreat in Mar-a-Lago and all these donors are having their credit cards uh, hit for like $380 a pop, you know, uh, uh, several times over the course of several days, you know, uh, that strikes me. And that money is basically, to me, that represents political contributions being laundered through Mar-a-Lago that probably ends up in Donald uh, Trump's pocket. These are, you know, so I wrote this article and I said, you know, this is structuring, uh, Mr. U.S. Attorney Fort Lauderdale. What are you going to do about it? 
<laughs> and, and I haven't heard back. <laughs> that's just, Nothing that's but crickets, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We have about five minutes left, and I want to use every single second of it. So I am going to say um, uh, super quick, why are you underwhelmed at Biden uh, signing an executive order against transnational uh, organized crime? Well, I mean, every president does that. I mean, it's okay. usually and it's usually one of the first 10 executive orders that they sign because it makes the president look tough on transnational okay. crime. Now, if they really want to do something, I mean, Trump, um, that was, I think, number eight executive order. And he was the big executive order guy. And that was his uh, number eight transnational uh, executive order against transnational crime. The thing is, there are several folks out there um that if they followed up on this transnational crime it might have led right to trump this guy onashenko was one of rudy uh rudy's sources in ukraine with regard to hunter biden and onashenko who is a is a human trafficker he was yeah. uh, moving ladies to uae by all places along with a guy by the name of walid arfush now Onoshenko was tied in with what's called under the the transnational organized crime. Uh, he was part of something called Durkash's circle, inner circle. This guy Durkash, major money launderer, major major criminal. It would take me a while to explain the complexities of how they laundered their money, but Onoshenko is the Ukraine, the Ukrainian oligarch. He was using um, a money launderer located uh, out on Long Island, Long Island, New York, you know, uh, and it was tied into a guy by the name of uh, Boris Kodolarsky and another guy by the name of Boris Nafield. If you Google Boris Nafield, you will see the last of the Russian organized crime wars for New York City. He will be covered with tattoos, both front and back. I mean, so how does Onoshenko end up using the same money launderer as Boris Nafield and Boris Kotlarsky? Small world, huh? <laughs> if, I had, if we could do a graphic, I would show you the names that um, ICIJ actually captured this. And I, yeah. I pointed it out to ICIJ. And, you know, I think they passed that on to uh, Eastern District of New York uh, that has uh, auspices over... Um, Long Island and Brooklyn and Sheepshead Bay, where Boris Mayfield was. I will be following up on all of that, and I will get the spellings from you. Um, I would okay. like you to say, is there any, in, in one minute, any laws we should be excited about that may have teeth, that may show the beneficial owners of shell companies coming up, or are we still sort of uh, not there yet? I'm a little concerned about that. Let me mention UWO. I don't know if I said it earlier. UWO is a UK um, uh, action. It's called uh, Unidentified Wealth Order. UK authorities in Scotland are looking to uh, push a UWO on the Trump organization with regard to how did they fund Turnberry Golf Course acquisition and another Scottish. Uh, uh, and that could happen this year. And I'm looking forward to because that's one of the confounding mysteries. Where did Trump get the 40 to 50 million dollars to buy Turnberry when he was facing all sorts of financial difficulties at all? So since you mentioned the T word, 
Um, is there anything that you can say uh, to our audience uh, about Trump's exposure? Uh, you know, just is there is there any reality to the fact that we may end up seeing justice to somebody who's been just a lifelong very bad man? I wish I could express more optimism. The guy is really clever at delaying justice. You know, that justice delayed is justice denied. Um, it all comes down to the New York State, uh, the Manhattan DA's case comes down to Alan Weisselberg. Will the CFO uh, finally cop a plea? I think he will, because his sons got uh, indicted as well as him. I think he'll try to cop a plea to protect his sons and himself. And so there could be finally uh, light at the end of that tunnel. With regard to the congressional investigation with the insurrection, I hold out no hope because they will delay and delay and delay until November, then the Republicans will take over and um, that'll be the end of that investigation. Well, um, that, my that worry is, is that they take over in November, <laughs> democracy is dead. Yeah. Well, that's my worry. Yeah, I hear it's, you. A real, it's a real worry. Uh, so, oh man, we usually like to end on an optimistic note. Um, this is a show- well, about, that, uh, I have a question, I have to ask this question. Is it really true that all financial investigations have to take at least 14 fucking years before anything actually happens? <laughs> or, is this, or is it all a giant LARP to just make money for lawyers? Because it seems to me that if you're sitting with the FinCEN dashboard, you should be able to figure shit out real quick. And yeah. why the fuck does it take so long? Sorry, I apologize. No, you're you're right. Every uh, white collar investigation does take a long time. But but look at the Trump Trump investigation. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the guy's got four or five hundred shell companies, you know, and and, you know, he was cooking the books. He, Weisselberg was cooking the books. And, you know, the uh, Mazers accountant was uh, cooking the tax returns. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of bank records corporate records that have to be waded through that you know, several terabytes of data that have to be mounted into a, a database so that you can then retrieve that data in some sort of meaningful way from that database so you can analyze it and then follow up and, and interview the bad guys. And the okay, but what, 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 sorry, but wasn't there like a golf course that, that on, on his tax returns was was valued at like nothing yeah. and then yeah. like over here yeah. when he was doing it to his investors yeah. it was like 5900 yeah. times yeah. more okay like now isn't you that think bad and illegal that seems and couldn't they just like get a him prima quick facie case right but what what happens in these kinds of cases because i've been in those kind of cases and they're not as simple as as you just made it sound what sorry i don't mean to be is you'll get dueling expert witness testimony and, you know, you're going to have this guy in a $2,000 suit that's going to be uh, an expert with dazzling charts, you know, testifying for Trump. Then you're going to get this guy uh, coming in and a frumpy, for, testifying for the government in a frumpy, uh, you know, <laughs> you know got on a two for one deal. And, uh, you know, and he's going to be, you know, scratching his head and, you know, like, uh, he's not going to be impressing the jury too much. I'm telling you, you want to avoid these dueling expert type cases. You know? Yeah. 
I, I do I do want to say one thing though. We did see some action with the Mueller report. We did see some indictments. We did see some incarcerations. Unfortunately, we saw what I believe are inauthentic pardonings too. But we did, you know, there there were people who were incarcerated and there were convictions and right. so it's not impossible. The last the last question I have for you um, is this is a show about disinformation. And I believe that the disinformation assault and the influence war that we've been enduring is big cover for corruption. Do you have a line on that? Yeah, wherever there's political corruption, uh, you're going to find money laundering. So anyone who conducts an investigation into political corruption should also be uh, conducting a money laundering or financial investigation. They, they go hand in glove and you see it over and over and over again. And I, I, I lied. One line about Robert Mercer's tax bill. That guy is such a schmuck. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what we say in New York. I, I mean, he, he basically, um, you know, stole $7 billion from the government. That's tax money that he owed. He, he took that money. Instead of paying the government, IRS, the $7 billion, you know, he invests that in his, you know, highfalutin hedge fund. You know, fights the IRS tooth and nail, appeal after appeal after appeal, and then after 10 years, says, okay, you got me, uh, you win, and he writes out a check for $7 billion. But he had taken that $7 billion and invested it, so he's already gotten, you know, $7 billion plus, probably 10 maybe $14 billion from the original yeah. $7 billion that he yeah. stole in taxes. So, you know, maybe he's brilliant, a, fi a, a financial genius, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I come from a blue collar uh, family. Uh, Mercer's a schmuck. I, yeah. I adore so, you. Hold on, I, I gotta ask something about you. Mercer. I gotta ask something about Mercer. Wait, okay. All right, what do you think the fact is Mercer paid that $7 billion bill because he wants the heat off of him because of other crap he's pulling right now? Oh, that could be. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll give you that. Just well. Fun. All I right, want to right. say is, Martin Shiel, will you please come back because we have a million please. other questions for you, and yeah, you are anytime. you are just a breath of fresh air. And now you guys know why I call him my yeah. spirit animal. Yeah. I've always been yeah. like you know a, a CPA and tax guy groupie. Like they they know where the bodies are buried. Thank you so yeah. much for gracing well, you. us you for with your me. presence. And thank you for tweeting out my articles. I really appreciate it. Anytime, man. Nice, Whatever nice you need. I got you. you. You write good stuff. You write really good <laughs> stuff. I like it. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, fellas. Thank you so much, you Marty. Thanks yeah. so much, Marty. Wow, guys. Now you know why I'm always talking about Martin Shield. Oh, my God. You, damn, that's <clears throat> fucking amazing. Oh He's amazing, but he gave us the headline. We are going to be breaking news when this drops. Robert Mercer is a schmuck. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know? Like, is, that, is that a headline? Look, I, I thought it was a super general knowledge. All right, let's uh, let's end on a digital descent, and then I got it. I got a uh, you know bolt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is for the new year. Uh, is fitting. All right, guys. Trust me. Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> Very strange time in my life. With your feet on the
guys. Love you guys. Love you Talk guys. You Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Thank now you know why I've been listening to the Pixies all week. Mwah. I want to grow.